Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Brie. And this is our August Books Club episode. And we have joining us two of our patrons. And so this is very exciting for us. We have Alicia and Aaron with us. Uh, Alicia, how are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for asking me to come back on. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, doing very well. And Aaron, welcome for your first time to the podcast. You're joining us all the way from Australia. So. I am. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much to both of you for uh, being patrons and supporting us and the podcast. It really means everything to us. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and it wasn't Australia August Aaron's idea. It was your idea, right, Aaron? It, it was, yes. Uh, yes. For anybody <laughs> listening who might be able to pick up on my accent, and I, I am an Australian listener of the podcast. So I thought this was an <laughs> opportunity to um, to celebrate Australian category romance authors. And I think it was safe to say that it was a fantastic month. Before we interview Aaron, uh, if you are new here to the podcast, how we do Books Club is every month we try to just come up with a theme. So instead of us reading one book and all sitting here and talk about it, and you know, category tends to be kind of short. We just like to pick a theme and everybody reads their own thing and we come together and talk about it and hopefully you all as listen, you get a recommendation or two from this so we love it and thank you Aaron so much for picking our August theme Aaron and I were chatting and I think September we agreed upon is gonna be we're gonna do a trope right Aaron yeah we're gonna do a second chance September when we say a theme you interpret it as you will so it could be literally second chance romance it could be I tried this author and I didn't really like it but I'm gonna give them a second chance however you interpret interpret it. That's Books Club. Okay, Aaron, where in Australia are you? Tell us all the things. Where I'm are tell you, you in all the world? The things. So I'm um, about a four hour southwest drive from Melbourne. So I'm um, down the bottom of the country um, in one of the probably probably one of the cooler parts. I'm in a small country town of around a thousand people. That's where I'm coming to you from this morning. And tell us your category romance journey. Okay, is your category romance journey and romance journey the same? Or did you start reading romance and then you found category? Like, tell us how that happened. Uh, well, for me, I, I grew up reading. Um, reading has always been an important part of my life. As a as toddler, I was taken along to the local uh, story time um, at the library with my parents. And it, my love from reading for reading really grew from there. Um, and then I want to say it was around probably my early 20s, once I had moved away from the Sweet Valley High and the Babysitter's Club that I, I grew up reading in the 90s. I um, I came across Marion Keys and read her debut novel, um, Watermelon, and then um, branched out from there to authors like Adele Parks, Lisa Jewell. And around that time, I had come across some category romance and um, I picked up, which I'll talk a little bit more about later, but I picked up a Barbara Hane novel and a, a couple of others at that time. But um, I was quite intimidated by category romance. I mean, I, and I think a lot of people have mentioned this on the podcast that where, where do you even start? Um, I didn't yeah. know um, where to even begin with it. And at that time, um, I think I was quite content just to read the uh, annual releases from the single title authors that I had um, been reading and enjoying. I, I, it seemed just a little bit too hard. And I was at that time um, mistakenly very much so content to buy into this notion that they're a bit fluffy, that, you know, that it's they're watered down stories. Um, with weak characters, there's there's no real emotional pull. Um, and, and so 
I came back to it, um, came back to Category Romance at a different time in my life, um, only a couple of years ago, and I've been hooked ever since. Uh, you followed our books club for quite a while, and you've you've sent us emails after every episode. It seems yes. like telling us <laughs> telling us about what you read and everything, and uh, we just want to thank you so much for that. It's it means a lot to us that you reached out. It to really us. does. <laughs> oh, I've been happy to do it. It's been a lovely way to feel connected to the podcast. You said you're like in a small town. Yes. How do you access the books? Uh, well, I can't um, buy them physically unless I go for about an hour and a half drive. Uh, so I don't, I don't um, purchase the new ones physically, generally speaking. Um, so I get them um, via Amazon for the Kindle, and then of okay. course I, I spend quite a bit of time op shopping, finding. Um, finding the used ones. Okay. So, cause you all have Mills and Boone Australia there. Can yes, you, we do. Yeah. do you ever buy them? Can you all buy them physically from that website or is it all digital? Uh, no, I believe you can buy them physically as well. I, I tend to just get them for the Kindle. So, cause they, do they come out early, a month early on the Mills and Boone Australia side as well? They do. So I believe generally around sort of between the 17th and the 21st of the month is when the new releases will come out. Who wants to go first? Erin, do you want to go since you, you know, came up with the theme? Tell us what you read. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to go first. Get me out of the way. <laughs> um, so I chose um, a novel from Thule, which was um, book three in the outback of um, Outback Brides of Wirralong Continuity. This was Barbara Hannay's contribution. Um, and this was a, um, I love this. This was a best man meets bridesmaid story, which is a bit of catnip for me. I love that um, because there's just so much potential, obviously, for romance. Um, and it tells the story of Jenna, who's a city girl, and she's a corporate lawyer invited um, back to the community of Wirralong, which is a, it's a fictitious town, although it, it sounds very much like it could be in a, a small country Australian town. Um, and she's she's invited to come back there to uh, support her friend on her wedding day, um, and she she's very nervous about being um, away from the from the city. Um, she gets she's quite panicked about it about the thought of being away from her phone even just for a couple of days. She's quite um, career orientated and focused at work, um, but committed to to supporting her girlfriend, and so she heads back to Wirralong for the weekend, um, and that's where she meets this best man, Sam Twist, who's a, a farmer who's managed a sheep property um, that's been in his uh, family for a few generations and this is a immediately you get a really wonderful sense of place there's some great descriptions of this country wedding and and the backdrop um, and then they naturally they fall in lust at the altar and dance at the wedding um, and she's quite guarded Jenna but she's very very likable um, and she starts chatting to him about work and he starts talking with her and there's you know there's a bit of banter and she she quickly finds that they're They've got a, um, a good chemistry between them. And he he notices that um, she's a bit stressed and starts talking to her about how she must feel in a really um, male-dominated environment. And so um, she feels immediately a little bit understood by him. Uh, and so he invites her back to the homestead and and that's where they have their one-night stand. It's sort of it's a, um, a sweet romance. And so they, they wake up the next morning and he's joking with her, he's cooking her breakfast, and they have this this mutual understanding, look, this, this was fun, but, you know, we'll, we'll leave it there, thanks. And um, then things take a quick turn when Sam discovers that a, um, a sheep has passed away on his property and so he needs to rescue the lambs. Um, and so there's this scene with Jenna sitting in his um, country kitchen um, nursing a lamb on her lap. She's feeding feeding this lamb a bottle and um, he sees her um, in a bit of a different light and their romance goes from there. Um, and she learns to sort of relax a little bit. I'm, I'm not too sure how many, I'm hoping I'm not giving away too much um, <laughs> with what I'm sharing with this, but there's some really, really great um, descriptions um, that Barbara Hannay weaves throughout the story about 
you know, the wide open clear blue sky and the allure of the purple hills. And she talks about the, the quintessential Aussie charm of kookaburras perched on a road sign, uh, a kangaroo resting in the gum tree's shade. So it, it's um, her descriptions of Australia are beautiful. And I feel like um, they're really quite accurate and they're just woven in a really sweet way throughout the story. Um, and so as, as this is going on and, and Jenna's already thinking about returning to this, the city, Sam is issued with a writ. He's cut through a fence um, that has been on his property. The fence was put there by a large multinational mining company. Um, and so other farmers, as well as himself, can no longer easily access the dam. Um, and so this is having quite a, a financial impact um, on him. Um, and so the mining company takes legal action. And of course, Jenna's a lawyer. So she um, she steps in and takes a bit of charge and um, works on the case and, and has a bit of a front of, oh, you know, we're, we're just friends. I'm here to work on this case. I want to work on this on a pro bono basis. And then from there, um, the case is won. They, they settle out of court and um, their romance continues. Um, and finally, the drought is over and we're along and, and there's the rain. So, yeah, I loved this. This was a really believable romance. So I felt their connection and, and really empathised with them. So, yeah, it was great. I had a, a really, um, I felt like there was a really strong, um, strong emotional tie throughout the book. So loved it. Tuli looks like they have... I don't want to say quite like I see quite a few titles that are set in like the outback. So it looks like they have a couple of authors. I know Amy Andrews, but I think what she mostly writes for them is like in the Marietta series. But I feel like there's a couple of other Australian authors writing for Thule. Yes, I, b- I believe Sarah Mabry. I'm not sure whether she. Um, oh, yeah. Sarah Mabry does. Yeah. yeah. And I believe Nicole Flockton. Nicole they, Flockton. Yeah. yeah maybe that's, she's the one. For Thule. Yeah. And that yeah. one you're talking about sounds just amazing. Sounds like a great small town romance with a really sets you in the, uh, the scene. I definitely recommend it. And, and any of Barbara Hanay's novels, I think she's great. Alicia, what did you read? I read The Wedding Favor by Allie Blake. Oh, you read an Allie Blake? My first one, so. Okay, tell us all about it. I love her. <laughs> I saw you you read it as well when I was putting it on Goodreads. I really liked it. It was a little bit more intense from the beginning. In the first 10 pages, she goes through this heartbreak list from when she was a kid. And then you, op- like the end of it, the mom pretty much dies from cancer. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was just like, wow, this is how you're starting this? So hell, where is it going from here? <laughs> I was like, wow, that's pretty, some heavy stuff. (laughs) But she is a HR person for a kind of like if someone calls and they need someone to work for them kind of thing, just very uh, in Australia. She's 25, I believe. Emerson Adler. That was my one, my one quibble with the book is they constantly said everybody's full name. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, why, why? Like, you don't need middle, first name, middle and that was my only little quibble. And then she is in her best friend's wedding. Again, a matron of honor, I guess. And she runs into someone who was on her heartbreak list. Someone that like her friend from high school or middle school, high school. They talk and it's kind of like a favor list. They do favors for each other. All innocent to begin with. And then they're like pining over each other for basically 90% of the book. It's just straight pining. I'm like, and then they finally like get together later, but it's a very sweet romance, like nothing all behind closed doors kind of stuff. I was curious where it was going to end because of how heavy it started, but it, it ended very positively. And I don't know if this, I'm not sure if this is the beginning of a series or not, or if I tried to do research and there wasn't any information. So 
as of right now, I think this is a standalone. Yeah, I think it's a standalone. Yeah, but I loved it. And I love I love the side characters, the side character favorite, the nosy best friend of my favorite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually read my pick accidentally. And it, well, I didn't read it <laughs> accidentally, but it, it accidentally fit into Australia August. And that is Awakened by the Wild Billionaire by Bella Mason. This is a debut presents novel and uh so it's it's an october release but i believe you can probably get it today um on the harlequin or milton boone website and so this story is about emma brown and um alexander hastings and so they meet at a masquerade ball charity ball for all the how to do and everything and emma's deal is that she is the middle sister of of three children of her parents. Her parents have a very dysfunctional relationship, but they're very tied together with this family business. And so Emma's oldest sister was always the darling, was always going to be the one to take over the business when um, the parents decided to step down. And Emma was born during a time where, um, or conceived and born during a time where the parents were very much not liking each other. And so because of that, her father has just kind of never acknowledged her as as his child. And the younger sibling, you know, was born when things had kind of been patched up between the parents. So Emma's permanently stuck in this rut between between her two golden sisters that, you know, can do no wrong. Well, at this at this masquerade ball, Emma bumps into Alexander, not knowing who he is at first. And, you know, they have their, oh, sorry, sorry, all of that. And Emma goes to try and talk nice, you know, be nice with her sister, her oldest sister. Um, But her sister decides that they need to go back and talk to Alexander because he can't, he can't stop staring at them. And her older sister assumes it's, it's her that, you know, he's looking at. So when they go over and, you know, suggest dancing, Alexander very quickly offers, uh, asks Emma to dance with him. And that just sets off a firestorm. These two are all about each other. They are so attracted to one another that they just leave the ball and go to his apartment to just have a passionate, what's going to be a one night stand. Because Emma has always kept herself back from just everything. She doesn't have a huge um, role in the company. She works in the copywriting department um, while her sisters are, you know, climbing the management ladders. So she's always just kind of let herself be in the background. She feels comfortable there. Uh, she feels fine being second, you know, to to whatever whatever else is happening. So she's going to take this one night and just take what she wants. Alexander and and Emma, they both decide, you know, after after passionate sex, they talk about how they both don't do relationships. You know, he's he's like, you know, this is just not something I do. You know, he's got a reputation as a playboy. She's like, well, you know, it's not anything I do too. And this, you know, is something, you know, that I, I don't usually do that often. And so they're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's great. That's fine. Uh, but we're going to see each other tomorrow, right? And, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. We're going to see each other tomorrow. And it just keeps going. These two are in a relationship from the get-go, but they're just denying it the whole time. And, you know, through the course of the uh, through of the book, we get a lot more nastiness from Emma's family. We really get to to see, you know, how her, her father doesn't like her and her, sis, her older sister doesn't like her and her mother's never really stood up for her. And, you know, her younger sister doesn't really know how to speak up 
for her, even though she she does empathize with with Emma and knows that, you know, it's it's unfair that she the youngest sister is is being pushed up the family family business ladder while Emma is still just stuck down in copywriting. But we get some great moments where uh, one where Alexander comes to pick up Emma for lunch at uh, at the office and older sister, you know, sees him and it's like, oh, wow, great to see you, you know, come up to my office and we can talk business. And he's like, well, a- actually, I'm not here for business. I'm just I'm just here to take Emma to lunch, you know, and then that really sets off older sister. And, and so that's a, a really, really cathartic moment for us as the reader. But over the course of the story, um, as in Awakened by the Wild Billionaire, Emma starts to just come into her own and be unapologetic about taking what she wants, doing what she wants. And, you know, in uh, in the end, they, of course, have to be together because they just can't stop being with one another and they want no one else. And there was, you know, there was a good moment of... of uh, confrontation with the family at the end there so that was that was a lot of fun but i'll tell you what this um this is a debut not it does not feel like a debut novel it feels like bella mason's been writing presents for 10 years i feel like we've been saying that a lot about you know presents debuts (laughs) oh yeah and i'll tell you what too this book is hot (laughs) <laughs> the, oh man, there's several love scenes, and my goodness, they are they are something else. Wow, love it, love it. Aaron, do you read Presents or Modern? Do you read Modern? I do, I do. It's probably not one of the ones that I um, gravitate to towards the most, but you know, yeah, I, I do on occasion. Yeah. What is your go-to uh, line? I tend to read most uh, from probably from the Forever True Love. Uh, romance line. I hope I've captured yeah. everybody oh, yeah. in there. I tend to find that that's my um, sort of um, home base, if you like, and then I will explore from there. So I do, I do tend to read most from that line. All right, you all. I read All They Need by Sarah Mayberry, and it is a Harlequin super romance. So I have finally officially read a super romance, and I loved it. I did not want to finish this book. It was, I would say it was, I kind of want to say it's slow burn. It's slow burn. I mean, nothing physical happens. I'd have to say, I think I was at like 84% into the book, to be honest. But I mean, that didn't bother me. There was just something kind of cozy about this book that I was like reading it every night. And when I wasn't reading it, I was thinking about picking it up again. So in the very beginning, we get a scene with the heroine from the hero of the book's point of view. Like he's watching her and she's clearly doing something that is socially not acceptable. Like she's literally, they're at like a party and some, like an older woman's dropped something in like a fountain and she's like standing on the ledge trying to like fish it out for her and she gets it, but then she falls in and her very rich snobbish husband is clearly like ticked off and embarrassed. And so then we fast forward to the hero of the book. It's interesting because when the book kicks off, like after that scene, he is actually like, he has a girlfriend. (laughs) So it was like, oh, I've never read this in a romance where like she's like was married to somebody else and then he has a girlfriend and they show up at, she now has like, I don't almost like a bed and breakfast, but they're cottages. I think this is set near Melbourne. And he and he walks they walk in and they see her and he's like, Oh gosh, this is Mel from that party. Like he just thought she was so beautiful. She's like tomboyish. That's the best way I can kind of explain it. So, you know, fast things happen and him and his girlfriend break up or whatever. And I guess like content warnings, trigger warnings, Mel 
Michelle's husband from her marriage was super like mentally and emotionally abusive. So her journey, this, I, again, this is my first super romance. It really felt women's fiction-ish, but like had a really beautiful romance as well. Um, So a lot of her journey is just like, I personally think her dealing with the PTSD from like what she has survived. Um, He was just really always putting her down that instant where she fell into the fountain after, you know, you know, uh, rescuing whatever item fell in for the older woman. Like she, she shares later on in the book, like when he, when we got home, he made me like strip down in the hallway just to like embarrass me and just told me like I was stupid the whole time. And then go in there, bend over and he takes her from behind and he just, tells her the whole time like you better be glad that I still want you like he's just awful an awful person um so you I feel like her her journey was just totally believable and Flynn is the hero he's absolutely crazy about her and he's so patient and he has really given up a lot his father's dealing with Alzheimer's so I loved that we actually got scenes with his parents and she's just had these scenes in there that were so realistic like my grandfather passed away a few years ago from having lived with Alzheimer's as well and just the like random moments of confusion in those early stages for them and getting lost like oh I went to the old house you know I, I got I got confused it was just and his 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 mother like telling her husband like I am here for the long haul I'm not going anywhere we're not putting you up I'm gonna take care of you like it was just it was so much going on that I feel like you don't typically get in category obviously now because the lines are so different but yeah so I mean and it gets to a point once it gets physical like this book is like the perfect example of like sex changing the relationship because once that happens Mel really knows like okay he's gonna start expecting things and wanting things and I'm not mentally ready to go there like he you know they start making dinner for each other and stuff like that and he like gives her a key to his place and she's like you're gonna expect my key and I'm not ready to do that and he's like well what are you expecting for things to happen like things are progressing between us and it's it's a you know I told myself I'd never get married again I told myself I would never give a man power over me like I did before I said I would never move in with a man again like these are hard hard no's for her and just kind of like quietly like he kind of accepts it and he's still there like I love you so if this is what you want I just have to accept that and it just she eventually has this moment where she's like wow like he is a really really good guy Um, and I have to I just going back to his parents I have to read there's a quote, there's a, a moment where um, his mother falls and like she was making coffee. And so like the hot coffee like burns her arm and his father calls him. And so once they're in the hospital, he his mom is like, you're blaming yourself, aren't you? And he's like, I panicked and I got a little bit confused. And like his the dad is just like, you guys need to put me in a home, just put me in a home. And he's like totally blaming himself. And his the wife is like, you listen here, Adam Randall, you are not useless. You are not worse than a child. You are an intelligent, articulate man. You make me laugh more than anyone I've ever met. You still beat me at golf, even though I've been taking lessons for 15 years trying to beat you. You are kind and you are loving and you are the man I have loved all my life. Those other things you're talking about that's not you we both know that you have a disease a horrible shitty low down bastard of a disease and that's the reason you got confused this morning that wasn't you and you did not let me down you have never ever let me down not once in more than 40 years of marriage you are my knight in shining armor you will always be my knight in shining armor and of course I read that and I was bawling so thank you Sarah Mayberry that was at 95% of it. 
book. It was so good, you guys. So yes, and it is book one in a series. I think there's only two books. And the, the second book, I believe, follows Mel's brother. But I loved it. It was really quiet and cozy. And then it got super sexy about 80 percent of the way through. But I just loved that we got to see those like side characters as well. Like, I don't know. It was fantastic. So thank you, Aaron, for picking Australia August, because, yes, you. you know, who oh, knows when I would have picked up this book. <laughs> You just sold me on it. I just purchased it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is it a recording if somebody doesn't buy something, you know? Yeah, oh. that sounds so good. And that passage was just, yeah. yeah. I was losing it, Aaron. Terrible. I didn't even read the book. Right? I was losing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was, it was was great. I'm glad that was my first super romance. So Now, what was oh. the page count on that super romance? Hold on, where did it go? I have it on my 280 pages, according to like the ebook page. Okay, so th- that's when super romance was a, a longer word count then. Yeah, I was reading it and I was like, oh man, this feels a little long. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like it was worth it though. But it was worth it. It was totally worth it. So yeah, I'm like, oh, I, I can't wait to re- read her blazes now because this super <laughs> romance was pretty good. <laughs> So what have you all, other than Books Club, have y'all, did y'all have any August standout reads? Like, what have y'all been reading? <laughs> I've been reading so much. I've been in like a cozy mystery mood. Oh, yeah. I've been okay. falling down the cozy mystery rabbit hole. Well, what have you read? Because I, I finished a couple of days ago, I finished a cozy mystery. and I, I really want to read the one that you took a picture of, that deep dish something. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, the, the deep dish one. I recently read book three in, um, I've been reading the, the family skeleton series where there's literally a skeleton that talks that looks and so helps. Cute. <laughs> I, I haven't read it yet, but it looks so cute. I love that series. So it's by Lee Perry. But what which one did you read? Uh, Death by Dumpling by Vivian Chen. Oh, I hear that one's good. It's good. I'm going to read the second one uh, this month. Aren't cozy titles just the best? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're so good. <laughs> and the fourth one is called like Death by Low Main. Like it's all different. Like <laughs> it's so great. I love it. Like I love it so much. <laughs> Aaron, what have you? Did you have any standout reads in August? Did Yes, I've had a couple of great reads um, in the the past few weeks. I read and really loved uh, Rachel Dove's novel, uh, Falling for the Village Vet. This this one tackles grief um, and it's done so beautifully. Uh, It was really quite uplifting. I really enjoyed it. And that was the first that I'd read by her. So I loved that. Um, I'm still making my way through Donna Elwood's um, Heirs to an Empire series. Um, So with book six having recently come out and realising that I hadn't read all of the ones prior, um, I'm working my way through that and enjoying that. Um, And then I've also um, finished just last night, as much as I enjoy the newer releases, I also want to make sure that I'm, or try to make sure that I'm reading uh, all the used ones that I'm forever picking up. And so I read His Ballerina Bride by uh, Terry Wilson. Just finished that last night. That was beautiful. Loved it. Oh, is that a special edition? It is, yes. It's a special edition. Okay. Okay. I'm like, what? I have a Terry Wilson on the. Okay. Is that a book one in a series or what? It is, yes. That's the first in the series. Okay. Um, I feel like I have. I have How to Romance a Runaway Bride by Terry Wilson out from the library. I wonder if that's book two to the one you read. Sounds like it. Yeah. I believe it's a three book series. Okay. Okay. 
And then you said you read Sophie Pembroke, the new one? Yes, maybe a three-book series. So I've been uh, reading her um, Airs of Wishcliffe, I believe it's called. So, um, And, of course, Sophie Pembroke, that's been great. Um, and also Candy Shepherd, so another Australian author. I read her uh, Pregnancy Shock for the Greek Billionaire. And I always enjoy Candy Shepherd's writing. She's got a really lovely, warm writing style. You just feel like you're in safe hands with her. It's relaxing. It's fun. There's, you know, just a, um, a great, sweet romance. Erin, I know you've been busy reading for, like, everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I... But, you know, it seems like August was still kind of a slow reading month for me. It was for me, too. Yeah, me, too. <laughs> I think my big standout was in August was Rachel Stewart's uh, book that came out today, uh, My Year with a Billionaire. It was so good. I can't wait to get my hands on a physical copy of that. It was just fantastic. And honestly, I don't even know what else I read. I'm sure I read something else. <laughs> I read three other books, but who knows? So... <laughs> Okay, ladies, where can everybody keep up with you online? Pretty much everywhere. I'm Twitter, Instagram, but I'm on Instagram mostly. And I just changed my handle. So it's now officially Birdie in the Books. I noticed that. I was like, look at her changing her username. (laughs) The the channel's coming. Everybody's yelling at me and it is coming. Okay. You work at your own speed, Alicia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really much of a social media user. Um, I mean, I've, I've been emailing the podcast. <laughs> so my email address is probably the, the first place to um, to find me, which is Mrs. E. Thorne at gmail.com. All righty. Well, thank you, ladies, for reading with us and recording with us tonight. Listeners, well, we'll have links to where you can keep up with Aaron and Alicia. And Aaron and I will chat with you in our next episode. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye. Bye.